Our sermon lesson is from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. This is the gospel of the Lord. Our Father, you say that your word, uh, when it goes out, it doesn't come back empty, but that it accomplishes exactly what you desire to. And I pray that your word would land on uh, good soil of our hearts and that it would bear rich fruit for years and in eternity to come. In your name we pray. Amen. So on Jesus' last night with his disciples, he, he told them something that uh, discomforted them greatly. It stirred up a lot of anxiety. It was very disorienting, and it gave them a tremendous amount of, of fear. And what caused this disruption in their lives and on this evening was that Jesus told them very plainly that he was going away, that he was going to, to leave them. For the past three years, these disciples have been with Jesus day and night. They, they've heard him teach. They've seen him heal. They've seen him raise people from the dead. They've watched as he's, he's calmed a storm, as he's walked on water. They've seen as he's forgiven people and as he's He's changed lives, and I've had all these anticipations of what it would look like when God's Messiah, His, His anointed Savior, lives among the people and brings God's kingdom. And all of a sudden, Jesus turns their expectations and their hopes upside down when He says He's actually leaving them for good. 
But Jesus says something strange. He says, it's actually to your advantage that I'm going away. It's actually somehow going to be better that I'm not going to be with you in the same way that I am now. And to them, that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Is it because maybe they've become too dependent upon Jesus? And it's like a parent who's trying to teach their their children to to ride a bike. I remember when my kids were younger and was teaching them to ride their bikes. And of course, you're going to get some training wheels. I'm going to be holding on a lot. But the goal is that I'm not going to be holding on forever. And the goal would be that they're not going to have training wheels forever. I want them to be able to ride their bikes fully on their own. That would bring me great joy. Is that what Jesus is saying here when it's to their advantage? He's saying you've actually... You're meant to live life on your own. You can do this thing without me. And that's what I want. And that's why all this is to your advantage that I'm going away. But Jesus says something else strange to them. Basically, in the days ahead, when I leave, instead of having less of me, you're actually going to have more of me. When I leave, somehow you are going to have more of me and more of the Father with you always. And it has to do with this gift that Jesus promises. And it's this gift that we are going to be looking at in depth in the weeks ahead. Because this gift is not just for these disciples hearing Jesus talk, but this is a gift that Jesus has given to His whole church and to us as well. This gift in Scripture is described in different ways. It's been given different names. Advocate, helper, counselor, comforter, river of living water, life-giving spirit, spirit of truth, or most commonly, the Holy Spirit. Um, There's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit and His work, but He is active on every page of Scripture and on every page of our lives. I want you to think about this quote that comes from theologian J.I. Packer, and it's on your worship guide. Were it not for the work of the Holy Spirit, there would be no gospel, no faith, no church, no Christianity in the world at all. Do you think about the Holy Spirit and His work in that way? Or is the Holy Spirit a a kind of add-on that that we can give and take as we leave? The Scriptures present His work as vital and crucial to all of our hopes. And so in the short time today, we're only going to be scratching the surface, kind of setting the stage for what we're going to be looking at in the next few weeks. And even in this passage that Sean read just a moment ago, there's so much that Jesus says in here that we're not even going to touch on. What I want to do is try to get a a zoom angle lens on that we might be able to get a bigger picture of the Holy Spirit and, and His work that would set us up as we look at this in the weeks to come. And so there are two areas that I want to focus on of what this gift means for us. First, the gift of the Holy Spirit is God present with us. Second, the gift of the Holy Spirit is God working for us. So gift, 
freely given the Holy Spirit, God Himself, present with us, working for us. So first, the Holy Spirit and the gift is God present with us. So our, our kids' school has been getting ready to perform the, the musical Annie. And, and I think many of you have seen that in here. If you haven't, it follows a story of, of a little orphan girl named Annie as she moves from this orphanage to, spoiler, being adopted by a Big Daddy Warbucks. Um, it's a fun, easy, feel-good feel good story. Uh, and she sings about having a hard-knock life. But when you think about her life and how difficult and challenging it is being an orphan, it's really nothing compared to what it would have been like to be an orphan in the, the, in the first century Middle Ancient uh, Near East. Uh, today we have all sorts of programs and safety nets. But this is a time when there's no defects. There's no foster care. There's no uh, welfare there's no uh, adoption agencies. There's, there's no safety net that catches these most vulnerable people. And so what happens is if you are an orphan and you, something happens to your parents, you are on your own unless there is family there to take care of you. And try to put yourself in that kind of position, in that kind of world, being a child, eight, nine, 6, 13, uh, you have no resources. You have limited knowledge. You cannot speak up for yourself. You are left utterly on your own. That is the context of what it means to be an orphan. When, when Jesus is leaving his disciples, they are worried that he is leaving them all alone. And Jesus encourages them with these words in verse 18. He says, I'm not leaving you as orphans, but I will come to you. The Old Testament is, is full of references and stories about God's presence with His people. One of my favorite places to see that is in Psalm 121. It is this beautiful picture of God's watchful care over the people that He loves. He says, my help comes from the Lord, and he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I remember when my boys were very little, even just out of the hospital, sleeping in cribs, and they just feel so vulnerable at that time. But the heart is always the same, a coming alongside to give aid in our own helplessness. The gift of the Holy Spirit is God's outworking of His heart being for us. One of the reasons why an advocate has been chosen in this particular context is because in, in, in that uh, Greek context, advocate was often used in a legal context. And so it was somebody who would help you in court. I was talking to a lawyer friend the other day who was working on a case in which um, this person was uh, being sued and yet they chose to defend themselves. And the, the lawyer was just reminding us, uh, defending yourself in court is always a terrible idea. <laughs> 
There are people who study for years, who know the system in and out, who are trained to fight for you. Um, Don't fight for yourself. The, The Holy Spirit is this person, is God Himself coming alongside to you to fight for you when you do not know how to fight, when you do not have the resources to fight. In your helplessness, this is God coming alongside to be your advocate in every situation that you find yourself in. One of the things that struck me as I've been reading lately more about the work of the Holy Spirit is is how much I don't know about the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons is because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is kind of a background type of ministry. It's to put the spotlight on Jesus. And it's to display the work of the Father. He's kind of a hidden member of the Holy Spirit. And one thing that struck me was how how much the Spirit was at work in Jesus' ministry. Sometimes I think Jesus just shows up and does it all on His own, and then He goes into heaven, and then He sends His Spirit to do this kind of next phase. But what we see is that the Spirit was the one who was filling people who are like you and being made more into the image of your Son. Would you help us to be the extension of this ministry that Jesus had, even on earth, of bringing good news to the poor, of binding up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and opening up prisons and comforting those who are mourning and giving, bringing about the oil of joy. Father, make it so in our church. Work beyond what we could ever do on our own. In your name we pray.